standing. I hope you have a Bible with you this morning. Turn to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11. Don't ever get out of the habit of bringing a Bible to church, your Bible to church with you. Luke chapter number 11. Once you have turned there, look at verse number 24. I'll read out loud. You read along with me, please. We'll read together, but I will be leading here. So you follow me. Luke chapter number 11, starting at verse number 24. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dried places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. And he go, and then goeth he and taketh to himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2, if you would please look at verse number 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Father, thank you for the Bible. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between thought and intentions, imagination. I don't know where that begins and ends, but you do. Your word knows. Between joint and morrow, I, I don't know where that begins and ends, but you do. And so, Father, I pray that this morning the word of God will divide where it needs to divide, that it will cut where it needs to cut. It will show us the obvious between the truth and the fallacy. Help us, please, to do that which is right. Thank you for the Bible. Help us now this morning. May Jesus Christ be honored and glorified by our reactions and actions to the Word of God. Thank you for all you're about ready to do. May your will be accomplished in this church service, and I'll thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. warfare many times I have failed him I wish I could call back many a day but there's one thing I'm asking please don't judge my heart's intentions by some fault or failure You've seen on my way, I may have lost the fight, but I've not lost the battle, and I may be wounded, but I'm still marching on, I'm not a hero. 
the tired trembling soldier beneath this armor beats the heart of a man you may have seen me so strong and victorious the enemy was slaughtered down at my feet but holding a sword was a hand that was trembling for i knew that alone i'd face defeat i may have lost the fight but i've not lost the battle and i may be wounded but i'm still marching on i'm not a hero just a tired trembling soldier beneath this armor beats the heart of a man i may have lost the fight but i've not lost the battle and i may be wounded but i'm still marching on Just a tired, trembling soldier Beneath this armor Beats the heart of a man Beneath this armor Beats the heart of a this morning. This is a subject that is greatly misunderstood. Uh, a lot of false statements are made along these lines. Uh, a lot of uh, made-up things in people's minds, watching possibly too much TV, listening to too many charismatic people talk about things. And so I want you to listen very, very carefully uh, to what I'm getting ready to say here this morning. There are a lot of people, masses of people anymore, that for some reason are beginning to go to gatherings called church or churches and because they want to change their life. They want to try to improve their life. I mean, all over the world, you hear about people, new churches, new buildings, new gatherings, new whatever, and they're going up everywhere. And the idea is for people to change their life, to improve their life is what they're trying to do. And I understand that. Listen very carefully. However, many of those same people by the masses are now no longer attending church, dropping out, going back to what they used to do and used to be, 
and some even worse than they used to be, after attending a gathering and deciding to themselves, I no longer believe in God, I no longer believe in church, I am not going to go back there, and their life turns out to be a whole lot worse than it was even before the first time they started going to church. What's going on? What is going on? Well, among many things, I believe, our verses here talk about it, and it ends up being this. Ready? Listen to me very carefully. Swept or washed? Swept or washed? You say, why? What does that mean? I'm glad you asked that question. We'll talk about it in a minute. Lord, if you'd bless, please, this morning. Help not only me, the speaker, but those sitting before me as they try to listen. May they realize that this is not something even their own flesh wants them to hear. So I ask, please, that every one of us on purpose would say, I want to hear this. I want to know what he's talking about. I want to know what God says about this subject. And so I pray that this morning that they would listen on purpose and not distract anybody. Father, please help us this morning. And if there's anybody in here that is not saved, May this morning be that morning when liberty and freedom comes to them not to do what they want to, but now I have liberty and freedom from sin and the law to serve Jesus the way he wants me to. Lord, please bless this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus Christ. Help us please. In his name I pray, amen. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse number 24. We find out here in verse number 24, the Bible says an unclean spirit is gone out of a man. You see that? Verse number 11. I'm sorry, verse 24, chapter number 11. But at the end of the verse, are you there? You're still turning. Luke chapter number 11, verse 24. It says the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. At the end of that same verse, it says, I will return unto my house whence I came out. Now, within one verse, an unclean spirit left, an unclean spirit returned. The unclean spirit returned to what he said was his house. He came back to there. The problem here is the difference between, listen, listen, everybody's in here, listen. The difference here is the difference between gone out or cast out. Gone out or cast out. This is what we're looking at. The problem is that. There's a vast difference between a demon departing on his own or one being cast out by Jesus Christ. Huge difference between those two. The unclean spirit at a later time in that verse said he came back to and he specifically says his house. This is my place. I live there. That's where I go. So you understand here what he's talking about. However, if you could, you could flip over to Mark chapter number 9, verse number 25. So we see that this demon in here in Luke chapter 11, for some reason of his own accord, he leaves. But then he comes back and he says, I'm going back to my house. So he went back. So same verse, all right? Now Jesus is talking here. Now we go over to Mark chapter number 9 and verse number 25. And we read a very pitiful story about a young man. And the Bible said he had a dumb spirit. A dumb spirit. Now, don't read into that. It's simply he, he wouldn't let him talk. He wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do. Uh, when we see somebody who is deaf and dumb, dumb means they can't speak. And so here, what we find out here, a young man had a dumb spirit. As you read this, this, this situation, 
Watch how severely bad this was. The Bible said it would tear him. A lot of teenagers cutting themselves nowadays, aren't they? It said that he foamed at the mouth. It says that he gnashed with his teeth like this. Gnashed with his teeth, foamed at the mouth. That he that he also often this demon inside of him tried to commit get him to commit suicide, throwing him in the fire and throwing him in the water, trying to drown him or burn him up. And so we find out though, look at verse number 25. When, what's the next word? Jesus, you're not reading. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit saying to him, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. You see that? The unsaved, if you're here this morning, I'm not trying to be cruel. You need to understand something. The unsaved this morning, you are the house, if you would, for an unclean spirit, a demon. Not like you see on TV, but here we find out one young man, very noticeable, foaming at the mouth, cutting himself, trying to commit suicide all the time. By the way, there was a day when people thought suicide was, 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 was uh, caused by demons and evil spirits, not because you have a chemical imbalance. But what he says here is the unsaved, you, if you're here this morning, those without Christ in their life are the, are the, are the dwelling places for the evil, wicked, vile spirits and demons uh, whenever they choose. Why do I say that? Go back to Luke chapter number 11, verse number 24. This demon left. But then he says later on, it's my house. Now he left. But he said, that's my house. When he came back, he said, that's my, I'm going back to my house. And if you have not the spirit of Christ, I was witnessing somebody, we were down in Lancaster, and a lady, very sincere, said, I'm saved, but I haven't received the spirit yet. Now, either that's said out of ignorance because she does not know what the Bible teaches, or she has been taught that once you get saved, you later on receive the spirit of God. That is not true. That's absolutely not true. What happens is the Bible clearly says in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9, without the Spirit of God, you're none of His. So understand, whether you're trying to be a better person or not, without the Spirit of God, you are an empty vessel. Nobody's living there. Nobody dwells inside of you. And yet the Bible tells the Christian that His Word needs to dwell in you and you in Him. God said, I'm taking up my residence in you or you do not belong to me. Listen very carefully. I'm heading somewhere with this. I believe this is a large problem with our first statement about a lot of people going to church. Let's go try that. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, we need to clean up our life anyway. Yeah, you know, we're doing some things wrong. Maybe church will help. And you decided to clean up your life. I'm all for that, but watch carefully. For some reason, back in Luke chapter number 11, this unclean spirit, it doesn't tell us why, decided to leave. Young lady, sit up, please. Sit up. Thank you. The unclean spirit decided to leave. It doesn't tell us why. It just makes the statement he decided to leave. And so, understand, the Bible said he went out. He wasn't cast out. The unclean spirit went out. He wasn't cast I'm not making this up. It says so right there. It doesn't say he was cast out. Over in Mark chapter number 9, we find out that Jesus cast him out and said, you're not coming back anymore. You understand? 
But in this verse here, we come to find out that the evil spirit went out of the man. He wasn't cast out. He went out of this man. Perhaps, I don't know this, perhaps he was looking for a more suitable home. We're talking about a human. Perhaps he wanted in an area where he could do more ungodly, demonic things uh, through a person. Do you understand that demons and evil spirits are corporal beings? They have to have a body to work in. They don't just float around and do stuff. They want to indwell. You understand? Okay, so what happens here? Look at verse number 24. He's, I don't know why he left, and I don't know what his purpose was. I only know that it says this in verse 24. He, talking about the unclean spirit, walketh through dry places, seeking rest. He's looking for a place to settle. He's looking for a place to settle. He went out of this person. I don't know why. I don't know what his intentions were. They can't be good. And he's looking, and the Bible said that he's seeking rest and findeth none. I don't know why. I can't explain this. I don't know why he couldn't find someone else, someplace. I don't know. I only know that it says he didn't, and he walked through dry places. So this, this, so this spirit says this in verse 24, I will return. I will return unto my house whence I came out. Now, while he was gone, the man himself, understand there's no evil inside of him right now as far as spirits or demons, Right? It's gone. He's out looking for somewhere else to dwell. While he's gone, the Bible teaches us here, the time he's gone, the individual, the man himself, the person himself, in verse 25, swept and garnished his life. Swept and garnished. Now, if we are talking about food, you have a steak, and they put this little green stuff around it. They call that garnish, right? And it's, it's just to make it look better. Doesn't make steak taste any better. All right? Okay, I'm talking to your level now, talking food. Everybody pay attention. Now, so what happens here is this. He swept and garnished his life. What that means is he cleaned and fixed up his life. He swept it and cleaned it. He added some stuff to it to make it look better. That's what you do when you garnish something, right? Okay, you're just staring at me because... You're not, either not familiar with it or you're afraid. I'm, I'm not misleading you. I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. Swept, yes. Washed, no. Swept, yes. Washed, no. We're talking about the difference between gone out or cast out. We're talking about the difference between swept, which the Bible clearly says he swept and garnished his life, as opposed to washed. Listen very carefully here. So the question is, have you swept your own house? Or did Jesus wash? Amen. Now don't, don't, miss, don't, don't talk yourself into one or the other. Just listen to what we're talking about. Sweeping takes care of the temporary common pollutions by a partial reforming. By a partial reforming. But not a washing to bring about recreation. The Bible says when you get saved, you become a new creature, a new creation, not just cleaned up, a new creation. Listen to me carefully. This is the problem I think we have, or one of the problems, I think is a prevalent problem in many gatherings we call church gatherings. You got a lot of people trying to improve their lives, clean up their lives, sweep out the dirt, get rid of that stuff, clean it up, 
make it more palatable, make it more presentable. And I think that, and then you turn right around and many of those same people end up back out in the world doing the same things, if not worse. Not only that, now they say there's no proof in church, there's no proof in the Bible, I can't do this anymore. And they just decide to throw up their hands and quit. Why? I like to think a large part of it is what we're talking about here this morning. I really do. I think that's the case. Sweeping takes off perhaps the loose dirt. Follow me, those of you ladies who sweep. Remember in the old days, they didn't have vacuum sweepers, right? They would sweep, stirring up the dirt and getting it out, right? Just follow me. Sweeping off perhaps the loose dirt while the deep, Seated stains remain untouched. You do know in the Bible, sin is referred to as stain. Scarlet stains. Things that average cleaning cannot take care of, not even come close. So the difference is between swept or washed. Sweeping of the dust and the dirt that the human eye may see, hear me now, may be gone. Do I look like a Christian? I look like a nice guy, don't I? Look at me. Hair's calm, carrying a Bible. I'm in church. Got a nice suit on. Figured out how to tie this thing, right? Tell me I'm not saved. Well, I can't. But I just want to bring to your awareness, is it swept or is it washed? Has that which used to be in you gone out and now you've cleaned up your life or is it washed thoroughly through and through? Is it washed all the way from top to bottom, inside out? By the way, inside out, not outside in. Inside out. Salvation starts in here. It doesn't start out here. Maybe if I'm good enough, God will save me. God doesn't save anybody like that. God said, when you're wrong here and you're wrong here, what you need me to do is cast out what is wrong there to wash that, and then we can begin to make some headway. I'm just asking you this morning, do you honestly believe you're either swept or washed? I can't answer that for you. The unclean spirit that once dominated this man's life, come back. Read the story. It left, we don't know why, for how long? We don't know that either. But the Bible, Jesus said, while he was gone, the man in whom the evil spirit dwelt swept and garnished his life. He cleaned it up, made it look nice, presentable, attractive. The unclean spirit that once dominated him come back. So I'm asking you, how? Well, swept or washed. Understand, reformation or recreation. Do you know the difference? Do you know the difference between reforming or a new creature? Do you know the difference? Reformation or recreation. One is swept, the other one is washed. One is Jesus casting out, the other one is left on its own. Still his home. Am I asking you here, swept or washed? Good works, but not grace. Changed, but not saved whitewashed but not blood washed have you thought about this or are you still just trying to improve preacher I'm trying to do the best I can that's what we're talking about this morning the same old nature with different wrappings 
Is that what many people are? Is this why we throw up our hands and say it didn't work? I knew it wouldn't. I might as well go out. And everything you tried to do for you to clean up you and put new wrappings on you, now you actually blame and hate. Why? Same old nature with different wrappings. No new nature. No new nature. I don't know that woman I was talking to last Saturday down in Lancaster if she understood what she said or she was taught that. If it's true what she said, this may apply to her. She's actually trying to clean up her life and feels real good about herself. She swept and garnished her life. Nice lady too. Nice lady. Pleasant to talk to. Made sense. Except when she made that statement, I am saved, but I, have, I didn't receive the Spirit until years later. That goes absolutely against the Bible. You cannot be saved without the Spirit of God. You receive what Jesus did into your heart, but the Holy Ghost of God, the Comforter, is the one who comes in and quickens your spirit. If that does not happen, your spirit is still dead. You have no contact with God. God is a spirit, and they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. Your spirit and his spirit, okay? Not my spirit bears witness, your spirit that you're not saved. That, that's, that, there's no Bible for, for that right there, none whatsoever. When he's talking about that, he's talking about now that the Holy Ghost of God has come in your life, come into your life, whether you realize it or not, upon the day you got saved, he automatically, by the promise of God, came into your life. Amen. Ask for it or not. When that happens, your dead spirit, because of Adam and Eve, is awakened. Awakened unto spirit. Now God can communicate spirit to spirit. So what happens here is this. Whenever the unclean spirit wishes to return, there is no stronger man inside to stop the strong man that was once inside. Look, if you would, please. Go to Luke chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. Are we there? When a strong man, not stronger, when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. Now understand what he said. Jesus is talking to the Jews about their country and what's going on. And he's also drawing an illustration from a demon-possessed man. And he's saying, understand that when a kingdom is set up, and when a strong man armed keep it, so he's taking care of everything. He's got it all under control. He's, he's protecting what really belongs to him. But in verse number 22, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him, he shall overcome him and take from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoil. Now he's talking about a real battle, and he's also talking about this spiritual thing we're talking about. You understand? Okay, so what happens here is simply this. Down in verse number 21 and 22. If unsaved, the Spirit of God is not dwelling in you, my friend. If you are truly unsaved, you do not have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. He is the stronger man. He is stronger than the devil. He is stronger than demons. But demons are very strong. They're strong. But they're not stronger. You understand? So here's what he's saying is they are no match. Uh, I'm sorry. You are no match because you do not have the Holy Ghost of God inside of you. Listen now. You are no match for what that spirit wants you to do. 
Now you're thinking right now, you mean slobbering and, and getting drunk and, and, and acting vile. And no, a lot of people just go on with their life saying there's nothing to Christianity. You're empty. The unclean spirit left, not using you right now. But understand, nobody else is occupying either. You're an empty vessel meant for the Lord, meant for his purpose. So you answer me, uh, there are a lot of reasons why, but one of the reasons why, why are so many people, we flood the church, we try some things, over a month or a year, we've changed everything. I mean, we go to church and our friends are at church and we carry a Bible. We're trying to learn, preacher. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we're trying to learn and we're cleaning this up and, and I don't go here and I don't go there and we're doing all this. Man, we're sweeping out every bit of dirt we know how to. He said, aren't you for that? Not when it comes to salvation because it's deceiving. It's very deceiving. So he says this. He said, we are, we are no match for the strong man, the demon, only a stronger than he. Only a stronger than he, listen to me, only a stronger than he came upon him, take from him all of his armor, everything that he was using to fight through you, to defend you, to overcome you, the stronger comes in. I... You know, I cannot preach the whole Bible in an hour. You know that, right? Okay. I know it's kind of weird, but I can't. I have a problem with human helps leaving God out of the picture. Point. Alcoholics Anonymous. Doesn't work. And you may be saying, right, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous and I don't drink anymore. Oh, you mean like this guy here? Cleaned up his life. No mission of Christ. Demon, look up here, look up here, look up here, look up here. I'm preaching, look up here. What you're doing here is this. How is it one person who meets Christ, truly gets saved, says, I'm done with that, I don't want to do it anymore, and walks away without going, boy, if I even look at a bottle, it's all over with again. I tell people all the time, I do not go to places where they serve booze. Booze on any level. Make a difference. Hard booze, soft booze, things that look like booze, somebody named booze. I, don't, I just don't do it. Okay? You said, preacher, are you still tempted? Not tempted at all. I simply have decided to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going there anymore. Now, that is, my, my group is getting smaller. Okay? Uh, I used to smoke dope all the time, along with a lot of other stuff. And as soon as I walk up to a door and it opens up, I look, you can do this all day long. Turn on all the fans you want to. I know whether you're smoking dope or smoking cigarettes. Trust me, it's not a temptation to me. I got saved. Ready? I didn't walk away from it. The spirit that was in me did not leave on his own. I met Jesus, and when I did that, the stronger came in, and that which was strong in my life, along with all of his armament, was kicked out, and now I have the Holy Ghost of God inside of me, and because of that, I am free to serve the Lord. Swept or what? I, I can't answer that for you. But I'm trying to make you think about something. I'm not suggesting whether you're saved or lost. Nobody knows whether a person is saved or lost. 
I can say, you say, well, no, I, I'm not saved. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I am saved. All right, well, I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Salvation takes place in here. Salvation doesn't take place out here. Salvation starts in here, and he said, work out your own salvation. That's not talking about work salvation. He's saying now that salvation's in here, let's get it out where everybody can see it. Amen. That men may see your good works and glorify your Father, which yeah. is in heaven. This is what the Bible's talking about. I want you to understand, even if you're truly saved, if you yield, if you yield, if you yield your body to be used by Satan, he will use you, even a Christian. However, Satan cannot possess a truly born-again Christian. See, you get real quiet. You've been watching way too many movies, right? Satan cannot possess demons, angels, whatever. Cannot possess a truly born-again Christian. Where do I get that from? The Bible said light and darkness cannot dwell together. That Christ and Belial are not in agreement. If you're truly saved, spirit-filled or not, you have the dwelling of the Holy Ghost of God and you are sealed until the day of redemption and you're trying to believe or somebody has taught you that a person who is a born-again Christian, spirit of God, Holy Ghost, living now inside of you, that the demon can come and take over. No, you have a stronger trying to over, a strong trying to overcome the stronger. Not going to happen. You have darkness trying to overcome God's light. Not going to happen. You to have the, the, the Satan trying to what get along? No, it doesn't happen that way. What happens many times? Look at Romans chapter number six. Go to Romans chapter number six. In Romans chapter number six, folks, this is so important because we're becoming so confused. Because first of all, we won't come to church and, and carry a Bible with us. We won't go home and study our own Bible. We're listening to anybody and everybody that makes us feel good, and we're missing out on a lot of the fundamentals of the Bible. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be truthful. Listen to me very carefully. Go to Romans chapter number six and verse number sixteen. Once Christ is in your life. Once the Holy Ghost of God lives there, your old spirit and attitude cannot overcome your life unless you, because you have a will, want to yield. But that evil spirit, that old way, cannot move in anytime it wants to and make you do things. Cannot. Impossible. If that's the case, this world and demons will be taking over everybody. If it can overcome you and you didn't want to, then it can overcome me. If it can overcome me, it can overcome you. You're not following through with your thinking. Please understand. Look in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know you not, don't you know this? That to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. The man in Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter number 11 He had to obey. He was doing what the demon wanted to do. The only time he didn't was when the demon went out. But now he's empty. So guess what human beings do when they don't know what else to do or who to follow? We start cleaning stuff up. Right? My wife, if I want the house really, really clean, I'll get in trouble for this, but all i got to do is get her upset about something. 
she sweep and garnish, she won't wash. But anyway, and I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh my goodness, I was, honey, that's not funny. Okay, watch, Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom ye obey. Watch this carefully. Watch the will of God here. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Your decision if you're saved. Talk about members. You know what members are? I'm not talking about our church, but maybe. Just talk about members. Eyes, ears, hands, feet, those kind of things, okay? I can, I can go right now. If I chose to, if I chose to, demons and devil himself cannot make me go down and gamble down here at the casino. Like, and so I can't do that. And so what? I, I have a will. I could do it if I wanted to, but an evil spirit cannot make me. Nobody can make you. If you're born again Christian, nobody can make you do sinful things. Your choice. To whom you yield your members. You want to go down and shoot craps? You want to play 21? You want to lose the family's money? Because you think you're real cool? I'm going to tell you something right now. That is your choice. So don't blame the loss on anybody else but you. The devil did not make you. Flip Wilson was wrong. You don't even know who that was. The devil, But the devil made me do it. No, he did not make you do it. You know who that is? Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, sir, I know who it is too. Thank you. This man in Luke chapter number 11 did not yield... In Luke chapter 11, he did not yield. He was cleaning up and sweeping and adding wonderful decorations to his life, but he had no holy, he had no stronger inside. Thus, he was an empty vessel. And when the unclean spirit said, you know, I think I'll go back home. There's nothing to stop him. So he did. And the Bible said the end of that man was a whole lot worse than before the demon left the first time. You understand? Watch what happens here. There was no stronger man, no Holy Ghost to fight off the strong man because there was nobody there to occupy him. The house was empty. So the man, the demon left. The man was empty and there by himself. Basically just a container, an empty house. And the demon said, you know something? I can't find a place suitable that I like. I'm going back home. How could he just decide to do that? He cleaned up his life. He, he garnished his life. He, 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 he decorated his life all outside. You know where the demon wanted to go? Inside. Because that's where you guide and lead a person. So what do we have here? There was no stronger man, Holy Ghost, on the inside. Look at verse 26. Go back to Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11. Look at verse number 26, the last part. The Bible said, and the last state of that man. Now, we don't know why the unclean spirit left. We don't know how long the unclean spirit left. God, Jesus is hitting the high points, trying to prove to Israel something they can understand by using a spiritual application here. And what he's saying is there was this man, and this man had an unclean spirit inside of him. He doesn't tell us why. He doesn't tell us for how long. He didn't tell us what he was doing while he was gone. He's concerned about what the man is doing. And the man, when the unclean spirit left, he started cleaning up his life. I made the statement at the beginning of church, why is it so many people have decided, I'll go to, well, it must be of God, really. So you don't think the devil can be in a church? <laughs> well, that's a good question. It's not a good question. If I was a devil, I'd live here. 
I'd cause as much commotion, split churches, have people jealous, angry at each other. Man, I'd be having a field day at a church. Why do I want to go out where there's a bunch of drunks or dope addicts? I already got them. I want you. So what happens is you've got a lot of people sitting in church with all the sincerity you know how. You try, Preacher, I'm trying to do that. Preacher, I've tried to do that. Preacher, I've accomplished that. And you just keep decorating and garnishing and sweeping. But you're empty. And this is the part that keeps throwing you. Why can't I catch on? Why doesn't it make sense? How come I can't do this? Why can't I do that? Because you're empty or a strong man is living inside. Because if the stronger came in, the strong would be cast out with all of his defenses, all of his arguments, everything that's going on. However, when he leaves of his own accord, you don't become a Christian. You're just an empty vessel. And any time that spirit wants to come back home, he is going to come back home and take up where he left off. Trouble is, things are going to get a whole lot worse. In, in verse 26 of chapter 11, and the last state of that man is what? The same? No, no. What's it say? What's the word? Worse than the first, when he was first there. Without a supernatural change in your nature. Do you understand that? Cleaning up does not change a nature. I use the example of a pig, right? That's, that's not related to you. I'm just, it, it makes more sense this way. All right? Uh, who is, you got some girls on your route have uh, pot-bellied pigs. I know pot-bellied men that people don't want around. People want a pot-bellied pig? Oh, look at that. Okay, and so what happens is, listen to me carefully. What happens is, if you decide, preacher, I got a pig at home, nicest pig you ever want to know. Nice pig. Actually, we let it run through the house. I never thought I'd hear that in my entire lifetime. Pot-bellied or not. I thought all pigs were pot-bellied. I didn't know that. And you decide, preacher, we are such good friends. It is such a good pet. I'd like for him to get saved. Oh, I want him to go to heaven with me. You know how the kids do it. All dogs go to heaven. We all know that. Cats are bad. Anyway, so what happens is I say, I, I, I don't know whether that will work or not. He said, can we try something? Yeah, come on, bring him to church with you. So you decide, well, what do they do in church? Well, let's see, probably I'll put a tithe on him. Or maybe not, I'm looking. Nah, who knows? It doesn't matter. You're not a better Christian because you wear a tie. No kidding. And so we decide to, we, a little, little uh, perfume, you know, make him smell good. It wouldn't do too good. So we bring him to church, set him down. During the invitation, you walk him up. Preacher, my pig wants to get saved. Wow, really? Okay. But we want to get him baptized. A lot of people have saved and baptism mixed up, don't they? You talk to people and say, when did you get saved? Let's see, I was baptized in, and right off the bat, I'm thinking one of two things. Either you don't understand scripture, you were taught wrong, or you're really not saved. Baptism has never saved anybody. Water does not save. There's no healing in that tub. Nothing miraculous is going to happen in that tub other than you're going to obey the Lord after salvation. So you bring this pig in and told Brother Pledger, we got a special baptism this morning. You need to go get ready, okay? We have got a pig. No, no reference. I'm just, I'm just telling the story. We have got a pig getting baptized this morning. Wow, preacher, you're kidding me. Let's see, we've had angels. We've had Mercedes. We've had uh, you name it. We, we've, we've had all kinds of people. That's their names. But never had a pig. Well, okay, let's make this happen. Let's take that pig back here. And we say, according to your profession... 
not God. According to you, nobody knows. So we take you, he holds that pig up, breaking back, rubbing him down, put his clothes back on. He comes out, you take him back home. You know this story, right? Where's that pig going to go and why? As soon as you let him down, he's going to go right back to the slop. Does anybody know why? He's going right back to the mud. Does anybody know why? Because that's his nature and it hasn't changed. That does not change nature. So you come back to me and you said, preacher, that didn't work. I said, well, that's kind of strange. Works on a lot of people. Yeah, he's still a pig. Still a pig. Didn't change a thing. I said, well, what else you got in mind? Maybe if we lay hands on the pig. Yeah, that ought to do that. That changes all kinds of human beings. Maybe it'll change a pig. All right. Bring him on up here. Folks, a little out of common for us, but we're going to lay hands on a pig because he's having some big problems. Kawasaki, Honda, and we start talking in tongues. It's really cool, right? He's squealing. Man, things are changing. His tail's still curled. Ears are still bent. Still has a nose. Thanks, preacher. Well, you're welcome. I hope that did the trick. You take him back home, you're so happy. He's been baptized now. We laid hands on him. Everything is great. Look at him. He smells so good now, and everything's going great. Man, by the way, all that's outside, right? You take him back home, put him down. Come on, ready, class? What's going to happen? Right back to the slop. Why? Because that's his nature. That's his nature. It will take a miracle. It will take a miracle to make a pig not do what's natural to him. A miracle. Not a sweeping, not a decorating, not a garnishing, a miracle. So what happens is that starts inside when the Holy Ghost of God, by you accepting Christ as Savior, what he did to save you, you confess that you are a rotten sinner, and you are. I don't care where you live or what economic level you're on. Jesus died for sinners of which we all are. That would mean you too, ma'am. You too, sir. But what the first thing we do? Are you kidding me? My tail got straightened out. Preacher, come on, don't talk to me like that. Are you kidding me? I live in Upper Arlington. Come on, preacher, don't talk to me like that. Are you kidding? You know where my kids go to go? They go to Dublin school. Preacher, you can't talk to my family like that. Oh, I see. So you've swept and garnished everything. And I'm all for that, except it's very deceiving if you're not saved. So what happens is you become an empty, clean house not even for sale, still belongs to somebody. So you have to understand this. Without a supernatural change in your nature, without a true, thorough cleansing, washing of all by the blood of Jesus Christ, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. What can, uh, something like that. Okay, and so what happens is blood. You sweep all you want to. Change the shutters. Put on a new door. Paint the house. Do whatever you want to. It's unoccupied by Jesus Christ. So what happens here is just this. Anytime that very wickedness and evil wants to come back in and start using you. Let's go back to the first statement I made. A lot of people start to go to church. 
You know, some preacher, I think we just need clinical life. You know, I've been doing this and doing that. I don't think that's right. I think what I need is uh, to start running around some decent people and clean up my life. Makes sense, doesn't it? Trouble is, the only thing that happened is you're sweeping and cleaning things up, decorating things, and still nobody inside. It's just you. And we tend to believe that if everybody else sees that I've cleaned up some of the dirt, that's what he says, some of the dirt in my life, sweeping it, some of the things that socially just, eh, you know, people don't like that stuff anymore, so I'll quit it. That doesn't make you a Christian by a long shot. You see, what happens here is this. Once, for example, you were, maybe you drank more than you should. Let's leave it at that, okay? And you say, you know something, preacher? I think I'll go to church too. My brother, before he got saved, he loved his wife so much, he used to fight and gamble and drink. And I mean, he was pretty bad at it, at all of them. But um, when he would gamble, whether he won or not, he'd take all the money. And he'd just fight anybody else that objected. Well, then he got married, real nice lady. And uh, uh, she said, hey, maybe we need to go to church. So he said, you know, that's probably a good idea. I need to settle down. I need to change some things in my life. So he did. He started going to church. And then he started carrying the Bible. Well, what was happening was there was a man that he worked with, he used to lay carpet with, that rode in the same van with him who was a preacher and started talking to him about God and Bible, being saved. And so he reasoned, you know, maybe what I needed. And understand, my brother was a mean man. I mean, he was a great street fighter, but he was a mean man, hated everybody and did pretty much what he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. And then he said, you know something, maybe I need to clean up my life. So he tells his wife, I'm going to clean up my life. Why don't we start going to church? No, I'm sorry. First thing he said was, I'm going to quit drinking. She thought that was rude. Oh, honey, I'm so happy you're not here. You know something, I'm going to quit gambling. I'm not going to those places anymore. I'm not going to go to those parties. I'm not going to gamble anymore. I'm just going to quit it. You know what he's doing? He's sweeping. He's sweeping. He's cleaning his life up. The next thing he said was, you know something, I've I, I got to quit drinking and gambling. I, you know something, I just need to settle. I, we need to get things together. She was so happy. Then he said this, watch. You know something, it seems like there's still something missing. Honey, why don't we start going to church? Empty vessel sitting in church with clean life. Empty inside. Nobody's living there. He just decided, I'm going to sweep my life. I'm going to have nice things in my life. I'm going to be nice to people all outside. And he was set at church. Well, while he was traveling around with his brother-in-law, the preacher, it's just like preacher to keep driving home a point. Man, you said that one time. How many times are you going to go over this? One day it dawned on him. That's what's missing. I've cleaned up my life. Why, why do I just, it's not making a connection. It's just something seems to be empty. It's just, I've done, what else is there for me to do? Salvation is nothing you can do. It's a free gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. So you see, you can't clean up for salvation. You cannot sweep for God to accept you. 
You cannot hang enough good things on you for God to allow you to go to heaven. This is something that takes place because of everything he did for you. You simply accept, hey, wake up, listen to me. Accept it, thank you, accept into your life. It's a free gift by the grace of God. So this once drunkard tried it. It didn't work, you know why? Because the strong man, the stronger man did not come in to get with him. So anytime the old nature, the old spirit wants to take you back, he will. You say, well, you told me I had a decision to be saved or not saved. Once you're saved, you have the decision to yield your members to evil or for good. Your decision. Salvation is all of Christ. You just accept it. However, there's so many great things that come along with that, and it all starts on the inside. Getting saved does not start by coming to church. Getting saved does not start by that baptistry. Getting saved does not start by carrying a King James Bible. Getting saved does not start with anything on the outside. That's a deceivement. Maybe if I'm good enough, and then we'll just go to church and get saved. That's what my brother thought. Then he found out the whole difference when he finally got saved and said, God, save me. I'm a sinner. Now he had power on the inside. And now along with cleaning up his life, there's a stronger man inside that tells other things. You can't control him whenever you want to. That will be his decision, not yours. This is where this man messed up here. You see the once club and bar attendee, we'll call it that, isn't that nice? Remember you used to run around, honey, what's wrong with going to the bar? I'm sorry, the club. See, we make it sound real good, right? They used to be called dens and caves in the earth. That's where demon-possessed people would go. Why in the world Christians would fight over the right to go where dead people hang out? I'm sorry, the club. I, I'm sorry, the the casual fun joint. That sound good? We'll, we'll accept that, right? Only if you go there will you know what I just said. You don't need to tell him. I would have told him if I wanted to, okay? Yeah, we're talking about roosters. I would have told him that if I wanted to, okay? We have accepted, 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 accepted. And then you hear someone say, what in the world are you doing? You almost get upset with me. So now, what does that person do? That person now, well, we see we made some friends at the bar. I'm sorry, at the club. I'm sorry, at that fun, casual joint we like to go to. Then one day, you and your wife got into it. Guess where you went? The fun, casual joint. Isn't that nice? By the way, watch their commercials. They show all this food, and then while the children are there, there's these great big pints of beer sitting there. Oh, preacher, everybody drinks. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon, Christian. I Hey, hey, look at me. I beg your pardon, Christian. That is not true, and it's not Bible. So now what are you doing? You're fornicating. See, you're worse than you were before. The only thing holding some people here are your real Christian friends. Other than that, you can't hold yourself. 
which is a shame because you should be able to do that. The struggling addict, I, folks, listen to me. You do not need man's help to overcome an addiction. If your God is no stronger than that, if you lay yourself out before him, you can't overcome that. What in God's... Who are we serving? Somebody that has no more power than Alcoholics Anonymous? Addictions are us? Whatever. Are you programs? We used to have one. It's a recovery program for churches to implement. I got to thinking about this one day. The world has taken from us everything a church is supposed to do. They're feeding the poor. We do that. They are like big brothers, big sisters. No, you come to church and let families here help you. So they are slowly taking everything from the church. So guess what we're doing now? We're at church on Sunday night. We don't have midweek church. Uh, not we. Churches. So-called church. Gathering places. The world has taken all of our responsibility of what God told us to do away. So now we don't even need to show up to church. You know what I'll do? I'll open my laptop and I'll just watch it on TV. Woman just told me the other day. I said, "Well, won't you stop?" I said, "Oh, I have my preacher." Well, well I I watch a guy on on YouTube. You know, I think I remember reading that in the Bible. Forsake not the YouTubing of yourselves together. I think I read that in the Bible. You said, "What's well, the same?" It is not the same. God knew exactly what He was talking about when He said, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the man." And you sitting in front of a TV or you sitting in front of a laptop, you are not touching base with other Christians. No, you are not. You missed out on atmosphere. You missed out on the laughter. You missed out on the crowd. You missed out. all these things are important to a family's growth. We're being deceived. So what happens? We find out the latter end of that man is worse than the beginning. There was a younger couple here decades ago, nice, nice young couple, steeped in sin. Um, his name, believe it or not, is his daddy named him. Probably shouldn't say this. No? You sure? Dad named his son after three types of booze. Isn't that cool? Hey, my son is this, this, and this. Well, they came here. I was out knocking doors. They got saved. Said they did. Came to church. Started cleaning up their life. Everything everybody else was doing, they tried to make the adjustment for it. Right? Now, nobody knows whether the person's saved or not. We're glad to come to church. I am too. Uh, we're glad that they said, I'm saved, let's get back. I am too, that's what God's word says. And they start to act, they look around and go, oh, so this is what Christians do. This is what I've got against Christians dressing down and their behavior down when others come to church. Because when people first show up, they're going, what do they do here? Oh, flip-flop shorts and a pullover. I got it, okay. When I first got saved 51 years ago, even before I came to church, I told my brother, the night that we were thinking about going to church, all I ran around with shorts and flip-flops. He said, oh. And I said, uh, first thing I told him, he said, why don't you go to church? I said, all right. I don't, I don't have a tie. Where did I get that idea? Where did I, and by the way, we weren't raised in church. Where did I get that idea? He said, I'll give you a tie. I said, but I don't have a, a jacket. He said, where did I, I want to ask you, where did I get the idea? If it was today, I'd say, well, I'm coming as I am in my pajamas. 
And if the bus workers tell mom, I'm sorry, your girls can't come in pajamas, then the mothers that of the kids we pick up argue, I thought you loved kids. God doesn't care about the way you dress. Show me that in the Bible. Anybody. Anybody has that argument. Show me that in the Bible. I will show you the standards that God has for what is proper. And if any place ought to be special and different, it ought to be this place. Well, I'm hitting all the buttons this morning, aren't I? Amen. I love this church. Well, this young couple, they tried it for a while. They really did. Nice people, too. I mean, really nice people. Uh, when I used to go to the house, they used to have two um, Rottweilers. And they always called them. They, they never hurt anybody. I'm not worried about not hurting anybody. I'm worried about hurting me. So I'd go in, and they'd just push you. They'd just come up against you, and, and, and just they'd shove you across the floor. I mean, they're big Rottweilers. And they said, oh, don't worry about him. He's never bitten anybody. I'm not worried about him not biting anybody else. We're about him biting me. Just really nice people. And uh, one day, one of them yelled at me, and the guy, I mean, he hauled off and slugged that, 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 uh, that big dog, and the dog went, and just went right on about his business. They came to church. They liked me. They liked my wife. They liked our church. They liked everything we were doing. They cleaned their life up. They stopped doing almost everything. And then something happened. I mean, that, before they came here, it was drugs, pornography, drinking, gangs, uh, doing whatever they want, whatever they want. They didn't have anything. They lived on the hilltop. Now, not everybody on the hilltop has a bad home, I got it, okay? And so uh, they lived there, and they came here, and things began to work out. See, it's a sign. And something happened. Out of nowhere, they started skipping church. They started skipping church. So I'd stop by, hey, what's going on here? I'd talk to them, ah, preacher, just this and this and this and this. Okay, I understand that. Things happen, right? And then become more regular. Then come to find out he went away for the weekend and started drinking. Really broke her heart. To make a long story short, they moved back to a city where they come from. And uh, because of the way they lived, uh, she was being used by men. He was selling drugs again. Children's services found out about it. They lost their kids. They lost their home. And they hate end of that man was worse than the beginning of that man. Are you following me? The maniac of Gadara, the Bible talks about. I don't know if you're familiar with that story. Watch the difference here now. This man was possessed with many devils. The Bible said that what he would do he would curse all the time, and he would he would be yelling and screaming all night. He's running through the dens and caves of the earth, bars and bars and drinking places where dead people hang out. And uh, so they would arrest him, and they would put him. The Bible said put him in chains and shackles, and he just break them. And he continue on with what he's doing, running around all night long. One day, Jesus showed up. And he slowly began, no, 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 
He didn't go to Alcoholics Anonymous. He didn't go to Spirits or Us. He didn't go to any of those places. I just make that up. He met Jesus. And Jesus cast the demons out of him. Jesus cast them out. They didn't leave. He cast them out. And you say, well, what, what, I, I don't understand the difference here. He, his life was not whitewashed. It was blood washed. It was not just changed. It was a recreation. It wasn't just swept. It was washed. He said, well, I, I don't understand the difference. The Bible says that when the townspeople came out, they saw this same man, this same man in his right mind. Look, 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 you that run around nothing on half the time. Clothed, that's what Christians do, in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's in church all the time. And then when Jesus got ready to go to another place, he said, I want to go with you. You see the difference? The other guy just trying to clean up his life. By the way, that man continued to witness for the Lord. How about the publican? In case you say, look, I'm not a drug addict, I don't drink, I don't whore around. Okay, great. How about business? How about a business person? Okay, guy bent, don't raise your hand. Uh, what he did. You see, he was a publican. You know what a publican did? He was a tax collector. We know none of them are any good. And uh, so he was a tax collector. But worse than that, he was normally a Jew working for the Roman government to collect money from the Jewish people. He would go by the law to make sure that Rome got everything that was coming to them. And then, like a good politician, he would extort and get as much as he could for himself. As long as he didn't create a problem for the Roman government. Extortion. He was a liar. He extorted. He pressured people. He did all these things. And then one day, you won't believe this, Jesus came by. Jesus passed by. And the man got saved. And you know what he said? He said, if I have taken anything from anybody that was not right, I will pay it back fourfold. I'll pay it all back. You call that a change of heart, not just cleaning up your life. And by the way, the man continued to follow Jesus from there on out. You see the difference here? We find out that Judas is it. There's a good example, right? Judas is it. spent three to three and a half years in the presence of Jesus Christ himself and the other 11 apostles. Judas is it. Trouble is, he never got saved. He never got saved. Judas was never saved. Judas was, let me help you understand this. Judas was never saved. When Satan wanted to move into his life and use him, Judas had no power on the inside to stop anything. Luke chapter 22, verse number three. Then entered Satan into Judas. That does not happen to a born again Christian. He cannot just move in. You can be used to the devil, but that's not what this said. Then entered Satan into Judas. Judas had swept and cleaned and decorated his life with all kinds of goods. I mean, look at the crowd he's running with. Jesus, <laughs> the apostles, not a better crowd than that. All of this is going on. I mean, he got religion. You know how you talk about people? 
Man, that guy went overboard with church. Yeah, he talked about people, right? That was Judas. Judas went overboard. Jesus gave, Judas gave it all up and said, I'm just going to walk with Jesus from now on. Three years. Everywhere he went, Judas went. Whatever he ate, Judas ate. Whatever he did, heard him pray, heard him heal, heard him do all these things. Judas was there. Judas had a great crowd he was running around with. Adding church. A person cleaning up their life will not stop Satan from using them. You can yield to be used. But if you're not saved, you can't stop it. You ever notice we have more and more social programs to help people? Many of them claim to be Christian. It's not helping a bit. How many steps and how many years do you go to Alcoholics Anonymous and it still doesn't help? I met Jesus one time. I am not a super-duper extra special person. I am a human being that was stacked to here with sin. Drugs, gangs, and I don't mean smoking dope. I'm talking about acid, heroin, you name it, hash, the whole thing. Came a dealer, drunk all the time, fighting anybody and everybody, hated my mom, hated you, hated, look at me, I hate all of you. Uh, not now. I love the brethren. I used to. I didn't care what color you were. didn't make any difference to me at all. You know why? I hated me. I hated me. But I couldn't stop it. We go out to drink. And they say, hey, Belle, you want another beer? I really did inside. I'm thinking, I, I, I'm disgusted with this. It makes me sick to even smell it anymore. Yeah, go ahead, give me another. You know how many bad trips I had that I actually thought I was going out of my mind? Hey, Belle, we're all going to get together tonight at Gus and Point and see what you can do. Yeah, man, I'll do that. Couldn't stop myself. I could not stop myself. Now, here's what you're saying. I'm not that way. Anytime the world, the flesh, and the devil wants to use you, it will. Because you have no greater inside to throw out the great man that's living there and claiming that as his house. Judas is carrying a person cleaning up their life will not stop the devil. Adding church to your life will not stop you from being used. Reading the Bible and helping around the church will not stop you from being used. Why? Demons are stronger than you. It is still his place. You have the same old nature and the same sins. You just feel better about yourself. That's not salvation at all. Judas became greedy. He deceived others. He delivered his friend Jesus Christ to be crucified. He turned them over. He was jealous, hateful people to be crucified for money. By the way, money was always Judas's problem. Money was all, look at me, Christian. Some of you keep thanking God for the business you got, the advancement you got, and then you keep acting according to the laws of the world. Well, that's what you got to do to make business work. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Since when do Christians follow sinful wrong rules to get ahead? That's not Bible. I'm almost done. Luke chapter number 11, verse number 26, the last part. And the last state of that. By the way, it broke Judas's heart when it finally dawned him, I betrayed innocent blood, didn't I? He wasn't saved. Satan cannot enter into a saved man. And it says he entered into Satan, entered into Judas. 
of anyone out including himself. By the way, just clear up something right here. Committing suicide is not the unpardonable sin. I'm telling you right now, don't do that. You really don't want to meet God or Christ taking a life that doesn't belong to you. And I'm so depressed. Get over it. Knock it off. Live for Jesus. Give your life to him. Get the altar. Make some prayers. Get right with God. Do something. Quit, quit. Uh, I'm so depressed. I just get Knock it off. You got everything going for you. Good grief. The devil can't use you unless you want him to. Jesus is your savior. You go to a great church. You live in America. Good night. What do you want? I want more. The last state of that man is worse than the first. Only when a person gives their life to Jesus as their personal savior does a greater than Satan move in. Only a greater than Satan moves in. There's only one greater than Satan. That's God Almighty. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God's in heaven. Jesus, I accept what he did for me. Holy Ghost of God moves in and takes up his abode inside my life, and therefore I have that power. Only Christ, through the Holy Ghost, can cast out what was in you forever. That's the only way it can happen. Sin and nature are not taken care of by sweeping and cleaning up your life. Any more than the pig. He's still a pig. Now don't take that so personal. Well, go ahead and take it personal. You put on a suit. You look real nice. And by the way, I appreciate that. I really do. I think it's right. But doing right minus Christ is just painting a house. It's still empty. My friend, listen to me. You do not receive power to overcome your nature in sin and rid yourself of the devil by cleaning up your life. That's not the way it works. But by receiving Christ as Savior and giving him, giving your life to him and his power, his power is now inside you that you can obey and live for the Lord. You can. You don't have to revert back to what you used to do. Now someone takes up their residence in you, the Holy Ghost of God himself. It is no longer an unclean spirit's home. The person who reforms, sweeps, changes their own life fools everybody. Fools everybody. You know why? The Bible said man looketh upon the outward appearance. God looketh upon the heart. You can't fool God. With all the trappings, all the bows, all the whistles, all the wrappings, and God said, I don't know you. And the devil says, that's still my home. You have no power. I'm just asking you, is it swept or washed? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Are you trying to fit in? I really like that church. I think I'll try to fit in. I appreciate that. I really do. But it's very deceiving. Because if you're not saved, you'll never understand. The Bible said without the Spirit of God, you cannot discern the deep things of God. An unsaved person even said in the church, I keep going like this. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why, why, why is that important? Why do we have to do that? Why did God say? It just it never makes sense to me. Clean up your life. 
stop doing bad, hurtful stuff. If you're saved, you can overcome. It'll still be a battle, but now you have power to do that. You have a stronger man inside. Therefore, the strong man cannot overcome him. You understand? Almost felt like Catholic. If you're saved, you can't overcome. If you do all kinds of good deeds and change from what you used to be completely, yet have not the power of God living in you at any given time, that strong man, for some reason that left or is just not using you right now, at any given time, that's still his house. It's vacant. If Jesus isn't there and he's not there, it's vacant. And it does make sense. I'm living in bins and I think I'll clean my life up. But without Jesus, anytime that worldly, earthly, natural spirit wants to take over again, it can do that. And even if he does not come back, even if you are trying your best to fit in, without Jesus Christ, forget all of that. Listen to me carefully. You die without Jesus Christ, you're going to die and go to hell clean up your life or not, whether the evil spirit comes back and uses you again or not, without Jesus, you cannot go to heaven. You cannot. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you do not call on the name of Jesus Christ, my dear friend, I don't care how many new leaves you turn over. I don't care how many religions you understand. I don't care how you change your life. You will die and go to hell according to the Jesus Christ. I'm asking you this morning, look at me and listen. Swept or washed? Which have you done? Have you let Jesus wash your life by the cleansing power of the blood? Or have you swept it and garnished it and decorated it and I look and feel better about myself? I can't decide that for you. But you better. Father, thank you for the